But my son got in the car that day and he said to me, Mum, did you notice the whole school was there? And I said, yeah, I did. He said, all of the teachers. I said, yeah, I noticed. And he said, even the home ec teacher was there. You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Ina waka, ina hoe fa, tina kato kato, no maiki tina pahorangi o tata yahurau. A kuwayo, kotanaki dwanga, kuwai tarate awa, ko kaiwari te marai, kotiatiawa te iwi, kupukirangi o te hapu, ko anrua toku ingua, kiora, kiora ho, kakwe toi, atewa. Kiora, kiora tatai, he uritine no tainoi waka. Karioi te maunga wakato te awa no whaingarua ahau, engari i noho ana au mo te wārua ki o tautahi, i raro i te manaki o te haukainga a ngai tua huriri. Ko Janelle, Ricky Waka, tōku ingoa. An area we both are passionate about is culturally responsive practice. We've had a lot of discussions lately uh, about this kaupapa uh, with our colleagues and obviously with the schools in Kura that we work alongside with. Um, so Janelle, what is culturally responsive practice? And for you, was it a passion? Kapai, pātai pai tēnā. Culturally responsive practice. Well, I guess what we know is that all kids are different and all kids are individuals, they learn in different ways and think in different ways, and they have different needs. And we, as educators, I think are really good at uh, considering what those needs are for our kids in an academic sense. So we really do delve deeply into exactly what it is that they might need to um, some support in, in maths or writing or reading. And we're usually really, really good at considering the social and emotional needs of our kids, as well as their general physical well-being. Mm-hmm. But I guess what culturally responsive practice is, is, is adding another prong to being responsive, which is knowing and understanding and valuing the culture of every child and responding to that accordingly. So I guess it's two parts. It's about knowing and understanding what it means for that child, their culture, and also delving in a little deeper Mm. and thinking about the impact that that has on your relationship with them and the impact it may have on their learning experiences in your schools. In terms of why I'm passionate about culturally responsive practice, I guess really it stems back to my own educational journey. And although I'm really fortunate now to have a a master's degree in education, I don't know that my high school teachers would have banked money that I was going to get that degree. (laughs) (laughs) I I largely walked out of high school with nothing. I Mm. I didn't pass school cert or sixth form or seventh form and, and I played a lot of sport and ate my lunch and had a lot of fun. And I think really I went through the system in a time where kids like me who perhaps would be content to sit in the back of the classroom, we were just left. We weren't encouraged to sort of get up the front of the class and get involved in learning and there certainly wasn't individualised support for us. So that was the first thing and then I think becoming Mm -hmm. a mum, I saw my son pretty much going through the same motions as me and I thought, no, 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 we can't continue to have kids fall through the cracks. We've got to consider how we can do things better in schools for our kids. So Janelle, as an experienced educator, so I know you've got a background as a teacher, a leader, and now obviously as a facilitator here at uh, Core Education, what's a story that you have about 
how culturally responsive practice has supported or had an impact, a positive impact for a kura or a school, for the whānau, whānau member and even uh, perhaps a particular learner. Oh, there's, I'm so fortunate. I get to hear so many stories about schools that are trialling things and doing great stuff for their kids and their whānau as well. Um, I guess there's a couple that stick in my mind over the years and probably the most memorable is one as a mum, actually, as opposed to a facilitator. And, you know, I had that Māori kid that was really hard to engage and for the most part was sitting in the tail end in terms of his achievement at school. Mm. And... Um, and, you know, it was tough to form a relationship with him. He didn't make it easy on his teachers. But it, he was well worth investing in because he really did want to learn and he really did want to pass and do well. But um, I know in his intermediate school, there was a group of boys and he was in the thick of them and they were pretty tough cookies. And when they were together, they were even tougher. And this, um, their school decided one day that they would show up en masse at, um, on a Saturday morning to watch their league game. These boys were playing together, and, and I was a mum watching my son, of course, and in descended nearly the entire <laughs> staff on the side of the league field. Um, and it was amazing. Like, I was blown away. Um, even the home ec teacher was there, which my son was impressed with because she particularly didn't like him very much. Um, but they were all there. They watched the game. They st stood around and talked to parents, and they didn't ask questions about, you know, well, I've got you here, can I chat about your son? They just... You just had a yarn with them, like, how are you? Great being out in the sunshine, you know, just really worked hard on forming positive relationships mm. with them. Shook the boys' hands after the game, and I remember they got all embarrassed about it, you know, like, almost like, oh, what are you doing here? But my son got in the car that day, and he said to me, Mum, did you notice the whole school was there? And I said, yeah, I did. He said, all of the teachers. I said, yeah, I noticed. And he said, even the home ec teacher was there. <laughs> I said, yeah, I did notice. And um, two things happened out of that. The first is that I went back to that school and I said, I want you to know the impact that you had on those kids. Mm, they might not have let you know in that moment, yeah. but they were really, really happy to have you there. And the conversation I had from them back to me was the difference that it had on conversations with those kids. Mm. No longer were they just a teacher talking to them about learning. They were the guy or the lady that stood on the sideline at their league game and cheered for them. They championed them in a space that was um, a space where they feel successful. And they really did say it had a phenomenal impact on them as teachers, but just on their entire school culture. So, you know, that kind of going above and beyond for the tough cookies, the real tough kids, can have a massive payoff. So, yeah, that was a great story, I think. Kilda. You've been listening to a core education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.